everyone, welcome to On Cloud CX, which is our podcast brought to you by Neuroflash. We are back again with episode five of our Bots 101 series, educating you on how you can get started with Salesforce Einstein bots. Today, we are very excited to have Alan Lazenby, our senior conversational UX designer here at Neuroflash. So Alan is going to walk us through best practices of how to effectively build the bot dialogue for those of you who are just getting started with bots. Um, so Alan, first of all, thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. And uh, you know, I'm always good to talk about bots because I like them. <laughs> That's good. Um, so to get us started, how would you say you decide or define what kind of bot to build? So a lot of that is typically decided by use case. And that's been over the X number of years I've been doing this. That's always changed and it's changed year to year what people want. And it tends to be uh, more reactive to, you know, situations in the company, whether it's events globally, like we have with COVID last year, or it's just a change in user needs. First, you have to analyze what it is that you're trying to solve. You know, uh, if your question is, what, why do I need a bot? And your answer is because I need a bot, then you probably don't need a bot yet. You need to sit down and figure out what exactly is it you're trying to present to the user. And once you've established that, whether it be, uh, I want to solve problems for the user. I want to be informative to the user. I want to, uh, sell something to the user. You know, those are the three main use cases. Then you start working from there to say, all right, how exactly do I want to do this thing I've set out to accomplish? Nice. So do you feel, I guess, based on what you said, that bots require personalities? Do they need to have them? And if so, how do you really decide on that? So that's always a fun one. Uh, I personally am very pro personality and bot, depending on the brand. Of course, you don't want like a mortician slash funeral home with a bot that's very perky and sassy. You want to have something that's a little more somber for the occasion. So mood and tone are very important there. If your brand is currently, you know, perky sassy, uh, you know, fun banter with the customers, it's really good to engage in that kind of personality. Uh, that is entirely up to whoever's in control of that brand. But I am always pro sneaking in personality when it's warranted because that's more human and people respond well to that when done well. I have seen some pretty poor examples of this, not just off, you know, brand or outside the realm of what you should be doing within your brand. But I've seen uh, snark executed poorly. It just comes off bitter and weird, which no one wants that experience. And users, uh, typically it'll spiral downward from there into uh, a bad experience that they leave a negative review on. Right, exactly. Because you, you, like you said, you do want to make sure that you're having that personal customer interaction. You want to make sure that the customer feels like they're talking to someone that they would normally do on like the daily basis, except that they're being served right um to the best of their ability um so i guess kind of going into some of these core principles and i feel like defining the personality of the bot is one of these like core design principles so what would you say are other core principles or ideas of, of designing a good user experience um, in a bot so for me it all starts with if it's a service or sales organization you think my lead associate or whoever it is that's interfacing with the customer, how do they interact? And again, this ties back to personality. Sometimes humans uh, have better soft skills and can get away with snark, some can't. But you want to say, all right, 
in an ideal world, how do I want them to interact? And you build a persona for the bot based off of that. And then uh, you say, all right, within this persona, how does the bot react in certain situations? Uh, then you build your uh, dialogues personality out from that. All that's still operating within the confines of the use cases, right? You wanna say, what are the guiding principles here? These are the things I'm trying to solve, but how do I measure the success at the end of these things as well? Because if you do something, you wanna make sure that it is measurable in some way. So all of that kind of percolates together to produce certain dialogues. Like let's say you have um, like an all-star CSR experience where they wanna be helpful, they wanna be firm, polite, and try to make sure that the user has available anything they need. So then from there, you say, I would build out dialogues based on this circumstance, let's say uh, troubleshooting a device, and you would potentially walk them through steps. And then you would say, all right, what's, what do we feel like the maximum tolerance uh, in phone or chat conversations users have for these steps? And you kind of go from there. You try to keep it as truncated and uh, you know compressed as possible because users typically have very low tolerance for multiple step processes and then you get to the end and you make sure that all right i can see you know a user went into this i need to find ways to measure how long the user was in this funnel did they complete the conversation what's the success rate of that and did they potentially review the conversation well so as long as you have your persona you have the steps in mind of how to get through uh the use case you're trying to execute on and then you also have ways to measure that you'll always be set up for success once you launch the bot because that makes it measurable. Do you feel that it's necessary or important for the bot to immediately identify itself as being the, you know, quote unquote, the virtual assistant? Yeah, so not only is the transparency very important because users, they never want to feel boxed in. They want to be met where they want to be. So you want to make sure, number one, you're up front. You set that expectation. Hey, I'm a digital assistant. I'm here to solve. X type of problem, or I can do these certain things. You can ask me questions such as, not only is it important, it's actually a legal requirement in California, as well as uh, I think GDPR touches on that as well. There's a lot of constraints around how you interact with consumers in not only different states, but countries as well. So you have to be very mindful of that stuff if you're designing for a global corporation. That's good. That's important to know because I feel like some people may not be aware of that too. Um, so that's definitely a good a good highlight, especially if it's a legal requirement. Um, so I know you touched upon you know overall core design principles for for building the bot dialogue, but what would you say in in your terms are some some key best practices for for effectively building uh, a bot dialogue? Sure. Yeah. So the big ones and the ones that uh, I try to you know hammer home for every client I work with is shorter is better, whether that be word count, whether that be uh, steps in troubleshooting, whether that be bubbles that show up in a dialogue chain. You want to make sure that what you say is compact, it's meaningful, and it gets the point across in as few characters as possible. All that's very important because I know personally, I have as a consumer, very little uh, attention span for most things. So if you can't, you know, not necessarily solve my problem, but if you can't get to the, the point quickly, I'm gonna fade out. 
or I'm gonna just go try something else because time for most people is very valuable and we wanna honor that and respect as much as possible. A lot of users, you wanna make sure that you're open and engaging up front. Again, the transparency is very important. And it's also to get out the way when it's time. Know what your bot is designed to do, do that well, and don't try to do everything. Only try to solve what is possible for a bot to solve. And that can be a hard thing for like a company getting off the ground, say, okay, I wanna have this digital channel. I wanna have all these deflections. And I wanna make sure that this is exactly the, the go-to for every situation. That's not possible. A bot just cannot solve everything. So as a designer, it's incumbent on you to realize what the limitations of the platform are, whether that be how you can physically present something or whether it's how you linguistically can present something or the limitations of the NLP engine that you work on. All of those things are very important in deciding how you tackle the problems and realizing what it is that your bot can be good at. That's good. That's really good to know as well. Um, what would you, I guess, say if there's a circumstance where a bot may not understand what the user is saying? So what would happen then? And kind of to follow up with that, how do you prevent that sort of, you know, potential frustration um, from happening between um, a user and um, interacting with the bot? Like, let's say the user just doesn't understand, or the bot doesn't understand what the user is saying, the user becomes frustrated and then leaves the chat. So how, what are some best practices or what are some steps to kind of prevent that from happening, prevent that experience from happening? Sure, yeah, we've all been in that situation where we've engaged with a digital assistant or something and just type something in. It's like, I don't know what you said to me. Uh, let me, you know, X, Y, Z, like however it is, whatever, what's called a fallback they set up for that. Sometimes the fallbacks are not good uh, in my opinion <laughs> like a lot of people just they'll throw out the i don't know what you said please repeat what you said and it's a loop it's terrible it's a bad experience you never want to do that you want to make sure that the user again doesn't feel trapped no one likes feeling boxed in especially when they're trying to solve a problem or potentially learn something that can further their opinion of a product you want to make sure that they have guide rails in place um, to say all right i didn't understand what you said however here's some suggestions that you can pick that may or may not be relevant to what you asked. And depending on the complexity of the NLP engine and the platform you work on, there's different stuff you can do. Like I think I've designed a couple where it gives an intelligent match, says here's the next best things uh, that I can suggest. Some platforms that aren't sophisticated, you can just take a look at what users normally ask, provide a menu based off of that, and that's usually good enough because that can hit uh, the high notes, right? If that's still not, not a thing that they see, there's usually an option there, again, depending on the client, the use case and how uh, dedicated they are to deflection. Deflection, again, defined as, you know, we had a user engage, they solved their own issue and they did not make it to an agent. Uh, Self-service is important there. Again, defining deflection, I forgot to do that earlier. But, uh, so in that case, they have a menu, they can select something or they can potentially go to an agent. At that point, they can either say agent, click agent, whatever. You just want to let them know that the option is there because the second you take away that option is when they start searching for it. And nine times out of 10, water will always get under the dark. So you could take away every option that you could to prevent a user from escalating. They're still going to do it anyway. And they may do it twice as fast. So that's just something to be careful of there. Um, but. If you don't understand what they say, 
you take note of that. It's going to show up in different, again, depending on the platform, various reports. You can look and you can see, oh, here's some places we missed. You can do some algorithmic data sorting to say, here's buckets of topics based around things we missed. You can find new content there. And then the next time it comes through, you can train the model to make sure that someone says that thing, if it was relevant to content you had, you can train it and make sure that they get to the right spot next time. So it's all a learning process. Um, the key in, in bots is if you do fail, you need to fail well and learn from that failure so that the next time there isn't a failure. I think that's a great point you bring about too, because you obviously need to learn from the mistakes and you know, the bot is treating the bot like any other employee, right? When you're first starting that you have to understand that they might make some mistakes along the process, but you know, once they're properly trained and once you're, you know, following up and, and making sure that if there are mistakes, you're actively recording them and kind of not reinventing the wheel, but make sure that it falls along within the algorithm so that these frustrations, quote unquote, don't come up um, as frequently. Um, so I think that's a really good point that you bring out. Um, and I think that's all the time we have for today, Alan. So thank you again so much for, for being on the episode, for walking us through how to effectively build a bot for those who are just getting started with Einstein bots. You greatly define the core principles um, and really questions that I feel like a lot of people have um, in the back of their minds when they're first getting started with um, these projects. So thank you again. Tune in next week uh, as we bring about episode six on defining the escalation strategy. Um, as always, follow us on social media and we will see you all next time on the cloud.